Is it time to listen to the master rather than trying to create more doctrine, dogma, ideologies, processes, and plans for our life? Specifically around the idea of time today, we are going to be looking at the final chapter that is available, chapter 9 of the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. This has been in four parts, so welcome if you're new here. This is the Cub Cooker supernatural podcast my name is jacob cooker but my friends call me cub and you should too i'm a mystic a light worker and a mentor i deal with faith spirituality and the paranormal every day here on the cub cooker supernatural podcast you can comment like subscribe anytime this is done live what is up uh sweetie pie welcome how are you doing i hope you're having a great day uh travel queen what is up kenneth wilson welcome i'm going live a little bit earlier today uh, just to make sure I get this message out there, I've got a live stream tonight uh, that's going to be later than normal, so my schedule is is all off today, but I thought we would see uh, what the TikTok gods did with this and uh, see if it gets out to some new people here, so that would be awesome. With that said, what I'm all about is helping your mind yield the hope of spirit, that thing that is within you that is good, that knows that you want to draw good things to you. You're done with all the timelines, the old thoughts, the old ideologies. You're ready to deconstruct, rebuild, and move forward into a new understanding. That's what I help with here. And I call that my mythos method. Mythos, mind yielding the hope of spirit. Uh, I teach self-awareness via thoughts, emotions, energies, and actions. And I value inclusion of all races, religions, and orientations. So everything in love and light, I strive to give love infinitely, and you should too. So that's what we're all about here. Again, um, getting into Gospel of Mary Magdalene today. This is the final chapter. This has been a wild ride. I didn't even expect to do this series. Uh, it just kind of came out of me uh, a couple of days ago and uh, found the text online. Um, and it's it's pretty wild. It's at gnosis.org. There's a treasure trove at gnosis.org of uh gnostic texts for you guys to check out um and gospel of mary magdalene is over there as well um i'm kind of personally lean towards the gnostic side of things but really what i want to look at today is how the apostles treated mary magdalene now this is by all intents and purposes i believe this document to be authentic to be uh, probably what happened. Um, I think what we have in the canon canonized Bible is, uh, is beautiful, but I think that it's been edited more than these type of documents have. These were, you know, found in the desert, dug up and then reconstructed. Um, and so we kind of get what we get it, and it doesn't mean that they make sense. And a lot of what we have in the canonized Bible is pieces put together from different texts to try and make sense and try to build a, a big narrative uh, that that the church calls the Word of God. I propose that the Word of God is within all of us, by the way. So the Logos, which is the divine expression, is within all of us. Christ came to wake that divine expression up in all beings, uh, in effect being a Savior, not from an original sin, but from the mediocrity that comes with living your life by a clock, living your life by a set of uh, beliefs or standards or doctrines. Uh, he came to wake us up into a world of mystical insight, unity with God, and awakening our consciousness while we're here on this planet. So that's what I believe. 
Uh, you don't have to agree with me, but we can have an awesome discussion here today. Um, and uh, that's what I love about our community. So the first three chapters of the Gospel of Mary Magdalene are definitely a metaphysical experience. Uh, just one of the things right off the bat in chapter four, uh, which is the first chapter, by the way, we have chapter four, chapter five, then we skip to chapter eight, then chapter nine. So chapter one, two, and three are gone. They were, you know, not salvageable. Um, and then you're going to jump from five to eight. And then you're picking up in chapter eight at verse 10, by the way. Um, and in chapter five, uh, it cuts off at verse 11. So again, it's very incomplete, um, is what I'm saying, but, uh, it's definitely a really cool place to start. So, uh, what I am going to do during these, these live streams now, just from now on, just because of some of the stuff we've had, uh, going on here is I'm going to try to teach for the first part of it try to keep these around the 30 minute mark rather than the hour long mark. So I'd rather pack a lot into the 30 minutes and continue to do two a day than try to do two hours a day. And, and people really only have time to like watch or listen to one. And I don't want people to miss what I'm talking about. So maybe if they're 30 minutes, you can listen to two in the car on the way home, something like that. So we're going to try that for a while. See how that works. Um, the very first, Jumping into verse 22 is the first verse we have in chapter 4. It says, The Savior said, All nature, all formations, all creatures exist in and with one another, and they will be resolved again into their own roots. From the nature of matter is resolved into the roots of its own nature alone. He who hears, let him hear. Um, and then Peter's going to ask him, What's the sin of the world? And so this is where the very controversial part comes from. Uh, where Christ says there is no sin in the world. Sin is what you uh, agree to. It's because you do it that sin exists. And um, so the whole idea of original sin is is not really within this text. It's more about, you know, what are you, what nature are you playing into? Are you playing into the nature of God or the nature of the flesh? And really that's, uh, he, and then he says, that's why the good came into your midst uh, to the essence of every nature in order to restore it to its own root. Um, and so really the idea of the Christ dissolving all things into its authentic reality, into its root, um, is a beautiful idea. So savior of creation, not just savior of humanity from an original sin, but savior of creation from uh, the the matrix, if you will, from the construct, from the normal reality that most people live in and with that said um we get into the final chapter and this is where uh they then continue to go through here um you've got mary kind of recounting this conversation she had with christ um and i want to put a little little bit out there about mary magdalene okay she has been especially by church tradition for thousands of years been the archetypal prostitute uh when there's really not a lot of evidence for that um and in fact i believe if i'm correct that was from um a catholic pope like way way back when uh that has been redacted by the catholic church recently in the last hundred years and then she was put in the hall of saints um whatever terminology they use, I'm not sure. But uh, so with that said, she is uh, now considered a saint. 
um, kind of an interesting history of her. Maybe she knew more than other people if she uh, truly loved the Savior and he truly loved her. And we're going to see in this last chapter where, you know, the disciples are not really happy about it and they're kind of arguing back and forth. And we have a lot of things within our church cultures and traditions today um, that unfortunately lead to the idea that somehow women are lesser than men. And, and I'm just going to put it out there, guys, like, ladies, y'all are powerful. And, and there's a ton of biblical evidence of that. There's a ton. I know it because I know ladies that are amazing, that are powerful. My wife is one of them. And there's something beautiful and deep about that. And it's not this role reversal that we, that kind of the world has painted for us where, you know, we need to flip the roles. It's like, just step into that power. And that's just my opinion. You can agree with me or disagree with me. I know that's a touchy subject, but I just want you to like realize that like the, the true gospel may very well have been passed on to Mary Magdalene and then completely covered up by thousands of years of tradition and male influence on that tradition. Uh, not to be conspiratorial, I'm just saying we have enough evidence to actually look at it and go, hmm, interesting, she may have known a thing or two. And by the way, she may have been the only one that could truly receive it because of the divine feminine within her. Um, that's why I encourage guys to to contact that divine feminine within you. The expression of emotion is so, so powerful. It's so important in a healthy way, by the way. Things like art, music, poetry. That's why I'm writing another book now. That's why I make art every day. That's why I live stream every day. That's why we have this community that we have. Uh, that's why I have a whole t-shirt line uh, out for you guys. Hold on just a second. All right, we have hurt feelings now. The dogs are, you know, they're, they're in the other room quiet, and then all of a sudden they've got to start playing. So um, anyway, uh, everyone is fine. Just hurt his feelings. But um, Abel tries to really play with Marvell when I get going on this. Good morning, brother, uh, Eddie says. So with that said, um, there's a lot, a lot to unpack here in the very, very small chapter at the end. Again, I've had several people in my life read this and say, well, there's not a lot there. There's so much here. There's so much here. Blue Wild says women should be powerful behind every great king. A queen behind the scenes held it together. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of my biggest mentors is Grant Cardone. His wife is Elena Cardone. She wrote a book uh, called Empire. And that book, ladies, if you have not read that book, like mind blowing. And I'm going to make sure it's on my website in the book club for you guys, because it's super, super important to read that book, especially, uh, ladies, but also men. Uh, my wife and I read that book. We did it while we were on a vacation. Uh, I read Grant's book, the 10 X rule, which has been life changing for me. And then we read her book, empire builder and, uh, you talk about a marriage saver guys, a marriage saver. If I didn't understand what that divine feminine was, um, and they're largely non-religious. So this is not like it was some sort of, uh, institutionalized book to try to, you know, build the perfect marriage on Jesus or something like that. Um, this was like, this was a transcendent message of the unity between man and wife 
and how you are power together. Okay, you are not complete, guys, without that other half. Ladies, you're not complete without that other half either. I'm not saying anyone that's single, I'm just saying you can find it within you too, by the way. Like you don't have to have a, a husband or wife to, to find that divine feminine or the divine masculine and have that wholeness. I believe that can be present, especially in the case of like monks, nuns, uh, people that maybe just don't have the best run romantically and or has lost a partner or something like that. There's no reason to feel incomplete in that because it's more about the energy of this. Now, when you do have another person that gets the energy side of it, then it makes life easier. I will say that because you've got that that double-sided thing. Like my wife gets her divine feminine power and I get my divine masculine power. But I also contact my divine feminine on a regular basis. She contacts her divine masculine on a regular basis. If that makes sense. Because otherwise, how are you complete when you travel? Or you're not together? Or one of us is at work? Or one of us is running errands? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So it's not about the physical thing with it. It's about the spiritual things. Uh, Lynn says, nice clarification. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, well, I haven't found my twin flame. Um, you know, I need to find them or whatever. So, and if you do, you do like, I totally understand that. But at the same time, uh, you are complete within your own self because you have both within you. Uh, that's why we've lost a lot of power in the divine Trinity, by the way, guys, this is not a popular opinion, but it was originally the divine father and the divine mother producing the logos, the son, the word of God. That was the original mythology behind it, okay? And we've, again, church tradition changed that into three dudes that somehow make up this complete picture, okay? And that just doesn't work spiritually when you get into the spiritual side of it. What works is the divine mother, the divine father, divine masculine, divine feminine. So you have El Elyon, which is God Most High. That would have been more of the original pantheon of that. There was probably even one before that, but... Uh, that divine creator in spirit with the divine spirit, uh, which is the mother, the comforter, that Holy Spirit, those coming together the in love, in the vibration of love, the highest frequency, create that logos. The logos is the divine expression, which is present in all things that would not even exist. Okay, and so if you get into Gnosticism, then you get, um, I've got dogs trying to jump in my lap again this morning. If you get into Gnosticism, then you understand the Demiurge tried to take that divinity, capture it, and trap it in a matrix, yet it's been breaking through that matrix ever since it's been trapped. So whether you believe in that or whatever, it, I, I don't really, you know, I'm not here to try to sway your opinion on anything uh, so much as just give you the data. It's probably new data for a lot of people that like, wait, uh, a divine mother, a holy mother spirit. What is that about? Like, uh, it, that was not weird. Like, you know, even if you look at some of the original translations of the gospels and the words of Christ, uh, I believe it's in the Greek Septuagint where the Holy spirit is mother. Like it's, it's not, it's not that far removed. Like, you know, we have 2000 years of tradition saying, it's, you know, three guys making up the Holy Trinity because it's all about the dudes. Um, and I'm just saying, it, it, it's, we, 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 when you get into spirituality, you have to understand 
divine masculine, divine feminine, because we have both in all of us. When you unite them, that's when the logos, the divine expression or the computation is born, the Christ within. Um, and so I'm not refuting that these stories literally happened, but there is an esoteric depth to them that we miss by just arguing doctrine and dogma all day long rather than looking at the universal truth. And that, by the way, the story of Christ was not new. It's recycled from other stories. I don't think it's recycled so much as it happened over and over and over and over. And it's still happening. Like Christ is always, there's always an ascended master, a son of God or a son of man, as he called himself, entering the matrix. And so the whole son of God thing was something that he very rarely said that. It is in a couple of the gospels and a few places but it's very out of character for what we hear, especially within the Gnostic Gospels and then most of the other Gospels. So it makes one wonder what was tweaked in there to make sure you know that that narrative continued. Because they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for the Son of God. He came and called himself the Son of Man and said, Who do you say I am? Now, Son of Man, if you actually look up what that means in the Greek, it is human humanity so it's almost like every time he refers to himself he's referring to you and then he said you'll do greater things than even i have done you know pick up your cross and follow me go home sell everything give the money to the poor and follow me by the way it takes everything and that's why i titled today time to listen to the master time to listen to the to the authentic words like what what have we been listening to are we listening to paul are we listening to moses are we listening to christ because his message stands out from all that other stuff by the way and you can look at that other stuff and you're going to get other people's interpretations of it uh the cross is egyptian absolutely gifted with discernment um definitely and the whole horus and christ thing is like it's like the same story of the egyptian and even if you look at Israel, it's Isis, uh, Ra, El. Like you already have the Divine Father, the Divine Mother, and the Son within that. Again, it, there's there's much, much more to this. There's a lot of layers to this. And so to even pretend that anyone understands all of it is just foolish, by the way. So I come on here not because I think I understand anything at all, but because like I've got all, I've got a lot of data and I can share that data and you decide what that means within yourself. And that's what we're going to see today. So Mary Magdalene, she brought this incredible transcendent message. If you did not watch the last three, go, uh, go back and watch them. Ears to hear, Lynn says, absolutely. GM Cub. Uh, Jason says, what's up, my friend? How are you doing? Um, Jason, thank you for all your support in the community, by the way. Uh, Jason's a member of our mythos community. If you haven't checked that out, that's our $9 a month subscription. It just supports what I'm doing. You get the private group with it. We've got hundreds of video trainings in a private library over there. Plus just daily discussion with the community. Um, uh, and then I'm really, one of the core elements of that is me just introducing behind the scenes stuff. Like what's my process? What texts am I reading? Uh, I'm going to start sharing my notes in there, like lots of cool stuff. It's just like a really big insider group as far as what we're doing here. So if you love what I'm doing, consider joining that. That really helps the bottom line with what we're doing here. 
I do this full time. Uh, and I'm very, very thankful for all of you guys. So thank you for being a part of that. I see several people that are a part of that in here. So thank you guys. Um, when Mary said this, so we're in verse one on chapter nine. When Mary said this, she fell silent since it was to this point that the savior had spoken to her. Now where we're starting right here, where what's up, Lisa Marie. Welcome the grand rising. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, love the wheat emoji, by the way. Uh, hope you're having a beautiful day. Uh, and yes, soul fam, soul fam. So, um, so with that said, Mary, this is basically a narrative with Mary Magdalene kind of revealing to the apostles what Christ really told her. And so this, this becomes a point, uh, kind of a sore point, obviously here, especially within the culture they lived in heavily male dominated. Um, and we continue with that tradition for the next 2000 years and we still fight it today. Uh, for that true equality, which I'm, I'm a big fan of because there is equality guys. Like it's not <laughs> like to even argue that is like just a problem. And we go into some really, really dangerous doctrine, really dark places. I saw a video today where one of my friends on TikTok was talking about, um, how, women have power, but men need to lead. And, and like, I just, it hurt my head and it hurt my heart because Mary Magdalene was a leader guys. She was a leader and she led the apostles back. Okay. Back to the good. And it says in this document that she led them back to the good. Uh, it's crazy how God, uh, gave his only begotten son. And at the same time, we only have one son. Dude, absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Angel Appleseed says, hearts of fire. Yes, absolutely. So ladies, I hope this resonates with you today because this, this message really is for you because um, I would argue that Mary Magdalene may have been just as important as Christ himself because she was honestly a twin flame of him. She was honestly someone who was the vessel of receiving the message, not just, you know, if you follow the whole Dan Brown theory, um, you know, it's like, well, she probably had a, a baby after he, he was unalived and that that was the line of Christ that continued. Well, that's possible. I, I don't refute that. I don't think there's any issue with that. Um, but what I think more so is that her divine feminine, if you look at the symbolism in the Dan Brown books, the divine chalice and the dagger. And so it's the, the giver and the receiver. And she was the receiver of that message. So if he gave the message, she received the message. Therefore, that message could bear life within her and through her. Um, and what a beautiful archetype for how that can happen within us. When we open up and we receive, rather than trying to give all the time, guys, guys, this is for you, like, you open that up, you work through those emotions, you heal some of those timelines, remove some of the rocks from the river. I'm working on my new meditation book. It should be out by Christmas. Um, and one of the chapters in it, they're like short little poetic things with beautiful artwork in the background. It's going to be a coffee table book that you can literally meditate through. Uh, it's going to be tied with a music album released with me actually reciting the poetry and taking you through the process as well as a course uh, that's going to be available with that where I'm actually going to do the yoga with you, 
do the meditations. And by the way, this is a multicultural meditation. It's not based on any one thing rather than just my observance as my own inner yogi. Uh, it's, it's going to be awesome guys. So, um, but with that said, um, to just be able to take your play yourself to a place of receiving. And that is so hard for us to do. Even ladies, you struggle with this. You got to get up, get the kids ready. You got to get to work. You know, uh, guys, you do the same thing? Like it's all about that forward motion. It's all about doing. And our culture leaves zero, zero time to receive. By the time you're ready to receive, you turn on a TV that then is giving you information you don't even know where it's coming from. Yet it's in that quiet place, that meditative, contemplated, even emotional space filled with energy that you can actually receive the true esoteric message of Christ. You can have your own revelation of the Christ right now, today. You don't need to read it from Revelation and get John's weird, tripped out version of the revelation of the Christ. Which, by the way, they don't even know if that was John, okay? They say it was John on the Isle of Patmos. Nobody knows. Um, I think it's a beautiful book, but people have done some really horrible things with it over the years, including creating doctrine that we need to look into the sky for some sky god to come down and rescue us, just like they were looking for back then, by the way. Christ kept saying, who am I? Who do you think I am? Who do you say I am? He said the kingdom of heaven does not come, or the kingdom of God, he specifically said kingdom of God does not come with visible signs, yet the kingdom of God is within you. Again, we've lost that message. So I say it's time that we all wake up and, and return to that message. Quit reading all the stuff around it just for a moment, just for a day, just for a week, and read the words of Christ. And I'm telling you, you get a different message than all the other stuff around it, especially when you approach it in unity of feminine and masculine, you say, I want to learn this and I want to do something with it, but I also want to be quiet and receive and I'm going to remove any rocks in the river, any stones in the flow, in my spiritual flow that are keeping me from receiving the true gospel. Not one that says I need to go out and convert, not one that says I need to worship a person or agree that he's a deity but one that says, I want the message I want to become as he said I should become. That's what I'm talking about with limiting beliefs. We want to argue all day long. No, he's the son of God. No, he's the savior. No, he's this. He was the Messiah. He filled all these prophecies. Blah, blah, blah. What's the real message? Take all of that away. What's the message? That's the message that has life in it. Not trying to argue when, when you just say that, Oh, I believe this or I believe that. That does nothing. I know, guys, because I wanted to not be on this earth anymore when I was following that message. The message I'm sharing now gives me life. It is that thing within me that makes me love others, makes me want to do good, makes me want to turn and run from sin. It's a whole different level, guys. In this last chapter, I'll, I'll shut up and, and actually read it here. Uh, what is your take on the Da Vinci Code uh, movie? and or book. Oh, I love it, Katrina. I think it's amazing. Again, I think they focus too much on the bloodline of Christ and less on the esoteric divine feminine, divine masculine, her receiving the true esoteric gospel of Christ, which is God within all. 
as you see in here, the transcendence of sin by stopping your agreement with it and stepping into the frequency, the vibration of the Christ within, the uniting of the divine feminine and the divine masculine within self. Love how you put that. Thank you, Angel Appleseed. I appreciate that. So I hope that answers your question, Katrina. Again, people have been obsessed for thousands of years with what is the divine bloodline? Like, what are all these physical things we can do, all these sorcery type things we can do to achieve godhood, to achieve this level of enlightenment? When really, it's all about the esoteric. It's all about the quieting of self. It's all about the magic within. Magic and sorcery being totally different, by the way. And I'm about to go live tonight, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Do not miss it, guys. Do not miss tonight. Me and Joshua from Sons of God Ministries are going live. Uh, we're going to talk about magic in the Bible. We're going to talk about a ton of really cool things. Um, and like who, like there's all those warnings in the Old Testament, you know, don't play with magic and like, you know, the the sorcerers among you should be whatever, you know, unalived and like it, it's some pretty brutal stuff. Who is that coming from? What God is that coming from? We're going to talk about that tonight. Was that even written for you or was it written for another time, another place and maybe by another God rather than the father that Christ speaks of? So tonight, don't miss it. Myself and Joshua from Sons of God Ministries. It's going to be epic, guys. So, uh, yes, tonight at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, yes, magic within. Uh, it does. Thank you. My family is full of pastors and they don't believe uh, any of it is possible. Katrina will welcome. You are in the right place. Uh, you got a whole community of people that love God, love Christ, want to manifest that kingdom of God on this earth. Uh, we we just love each other and we're trying to return that true esoteric gospel back to reality. And so that's why I don't like label my channel like any kind of Bible or Christian or anything like that. Uh, I was raised that way, but I definitely am kind of transcendent of that now in, in the fact that I believe his message. I believe it was authentic. I believe it was real. I believe he was the Christ, but I also, and I'm, I'm going to read from this today, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, because there's some quotes in here that are explaining the Bhagavad Gita by the author, Eknath, uh, Eswaran, uh, that are just really, really deep and like basically the same message that we're hearing in the gospel of Mary Magdalene. So I've been looking for a church and I can't find one, uh, that has my beliefs until now. Thank you. Katrina. Welcome. Uh, yeah, that's why I started this actually is because of, um, my kind of ascension out of the whole church scene. Uh, I literally worked at a church for years. Um, and not that anything was wrong. It just stopped resonating with me. And that that's that's where I'm like, okay, how do we find a resonant gospel again that actually does something in the hearts of people? You're not looking to like, okay, when's lunch? Like, let's go to lunch. Okay, pass the offering plate. Let's go to lunch now. Like, again, I'm not I'm not here to do like this is not against any modern church system. It's just there's a group of us and you guys that are here right now that you just know that you've like you've gotten everything you can there and you're ready for like that next level because you're like you're ready to go out and do the work. Not on others, but on yourself, by the way. I saw a quote from that book uh, that reminds me of, the, uh, of meaning parallel to the Bible. 
Uh, it said something like, I am the offering, the fire that consumes. I am uh, who is offered to. Uh, I am who it is offered to. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. Uh, Esoteric gospel, back to reality. Now I hear that song, back to life, back to reality. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me read the end of this as I keep yakking. I said I was going to keep this at at a 30-minute episode, but that's obviously not going to happen. When Mary had said this, she fell silent since it was to this point that the Savior had spoken with her. But Andrew answered and said to the brethren, Say what you wish to say about what she has said. I at least do not believe that the Savior said this, for certainly these teachings are strange ideas. Peter answered and spoke concerning the same things. He questioned them about the Savior. Did he really speak privately with the woman and not openly to us? You already see what's happening here, guys. Like, it's already this. Did he really speak privately with a woman and not openly to us? Are we to turn about and all listen to her? Did he prefer her to us? Then Mary wept and said to Peter, My brother Peter, what do you really think? Do you think that I have thought this up by myself in my heart or that I am lying about the Savior? Levi answered and said to Peter, Peter, you have always been hot-tempered. Now I see you contending against the woman just like the adversaries. But if the Savior made her worthy, who are you indeed to reject her? Surely the Savior knows her very well. That is why he loved her more than us. Rather, let us be, rather, let us be ashamed and put on the perfect man and separate as he commanded us and preach the gospel. Not laying down any other rule or law beyond what the Savior said. And when they heard this, they began to go forth and proclaim and to preach. Okay, you guys see what just happened here. Lots and lots of stuff going on. Basically, they're like, how can this woman have any knowledge that we don't? Like, they're over here basically calling BS on this. And then finally, Levi speaks out, which is significant, by the way. Levi speaks out. Follow Levi, by the way, in the Bible. Go go look into Levi more. Said, now I see you continuing against the woman just like the adversaries. So who is the adversary? Okay, that's the Satan. Okay. Hasatan, the adversary. The accuser, okay? Uh, always accusing. Now, if you look into the God of the Old Testament, the Yahweh character, there's a lot of accusation coming from Yahweh against Israel, Isis Ra El. The accuser of the Trinity. That just downloaded, guys. That just downloaded. He's accusing everyone. Israel. Guys, that was powerful. I don't know if you just felt that, but like that literally just downloaded into me. And so this idea of the accuser, we confuse Lucifer and the accuser, okay? Lucifer is bringing light against what? Against God. Who is God? Yahweh in the Old Testament in that culture. Who is the Father Christ spoke of? The one true God. The divine fractal mind of God. The Father, the Mother, and the Son. The Godhead the spirit and the truth within all. 
None of this would exist. We couldn't even have this conversation without that. You don't have to believe in him because you are him. You guys get where I'm going with this? That's why we have atheists. We have agnostics in here. Uh, Landon Smith says Isis Ra El. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Like I heard somebody else call it that. I can't claim knowing of that, but I can claim that that download right now that Yahweh was accusing. He was accusing Israel. Israel was his portion. He took that hostage. Christ came to buy Isis Ra El, the Trinity, back the truth within all back to dissolve everything back to its roots rather than the false flesh creation that we have the matrix mind-blowing guys mind-blowing i love it i love it so just see what they're doing here they are there's so many adversaries there's so many accusers out there uh there's there's trolls and bots in the comments there's we had a little whatever scuffle breakout yesterday in the comments and it's like it's all ego guys it, that the ego is the flesh like we are god's consciousness manifesting in a physical body absolutely absolutely kathy uh so jesus is not the son of yahweh jeff hawkins asks uh i do not believe so i do not believe there's data to support that if you actually look into the esoteric side of everything um, I'm not here to tell anyone what to believe, but I've got a whole series, like four or five videos on uh, Yal de Bayoth, the Demiurge, and Yahweh of the Old Testament. You can go check those out on my YouTube channel. Uh, I literally give you tons of verses where Jesus spoke directly against what the God of the Old Testament and even Moses was saying. Again, not an us versus them mentality here, not a conspiratorial thing, guys. Just looking at the data. Who do you serve? You know, I serve the father that Christ spoke of, that fractal divinity, the spirit, the truth, um, not the God that unalived two million plus people in the Old Testament, accused them of all kinds of different things, required sacrifices. Jesus didn't even eat meat. Yet we still think about the sacrifice. We still try to talk about that. Thank you for the hearts, Kathy. Thank you very much. Uh, God bless you. You just heard the dog shaking. Yeah, uh, they're getting up. They're like, okay, you're done with this. They're, they're telling me it's time. Uh, Marvel and Zelda are in here right now. So, But I think that it, it is time, guys. What are the authentic words? Like, let's wake up and, like, let's, again, let's, let's remove all those stones in the river that stop the flow, okay? There is a flow in the words of Christ. There is a flow in the, the Gnostic Gospels. There is a flow in the Gita, okay? There's a flow in all of this that is the same flow, okay? Uh, One truth, many names. Uh, Landon says, I hate to admit it, but as you grow this channel, the haters will show up. Uh, It'll be all right, though. Thank you, Landon. That's true, absolutely. And I've actually had plenty of them. Like, you wouldn't believe. There's, It's kind of ebbs and flows, and it's like right before a big spike in followers, you get a lot of haters, And then you'll get a lot of followers and then the haters are real quiet for a while. And then right before you get ready to grow again, you get a lot of haters and drama. Um, And so it's kind of what I went through, like even yesterday within the community, just a lot of drama. And um, so I know we're about to grow majorly again here. But um, with that said, thank you guys for your support. I just try to be patient and continue to love everyone here because I'm trying to bring a universal message here. And it may not be popular by 
the institution of religion, but it's certainly, I think, popular by those who are spiritual, who love God, and who can think for themselves. So, uh, I have no idea what the book of Adam and Eve is. Honestly, I have not gotten there. I keep finding new books and new ancient texts to go through. Um, right now I'm reading all the, the Hindu books and then I've got Buddhist books. Um, cause it's all the same guys. I mean, it really, like if you boil it down, there's different patterns and different focuses on pantheons and stuff, but there's always like one Godhead. There's always one spirit, one truth. Um, Christ talked about it being within us. Uh, Krishna is the, the manifestation of God within, uh, Buddha is the, uh, the man becoming God, the ascended man. Like, I mean, it's, it's wild. It's wild guys. Uh, and I don't have a full understanding of all of it, but I definitely am doing everything I can to try and continue my enlightenment process here. Uh, Jeff Hawkins asked, does H E double toothpick exist? Uh, not in the sense that, uh, we've been told the, the main view that we have on H E double toothpick comes from Dante's Inferno, which I would hardly call scripture. So think about that. Uh, it's actually a place called Gehenna. Um, in the Bible, and that was honestly reserved, if you look into Enochian or Enoch theology, it was honestly reserved for the fallen angels, by the way, not for people, because people were the beautiful divine creation of God, uh, not something to be thrown out and tortured. And you had angels that knew better, uh, that had taken an oath, a conscious oath before God, and went against that. So that's what Gehenna was reserved for. Um, uh, the powers that he doesn't like on how people are being awakened. Uh, Fancy Pants says, "Yeah, absolutely, absolutely." And I'm I'm glad people are waking up. So, uh, so the Roman sun god Helios. Okay, think about this though. Like Christ is Helios. Christ is the sun. Like that. Zodiac is the Christ, okay? So a lot of people say, oh, it's a sacrifice to a sun god or whatever. Like, I don't, you know, whatever. But if you look into the mythologies, and that's one thing that I do quite a bit of, the idea of the sun being the sun is literally what it is within the Zodiac. So all of these different sun gods and everything, like, there's no difference in my in my opinion. Um, it, they're all like the bringer of light, obviously. So thank you for the land and thank you for the gifts. God bless you, my friend. Do you believe in heaven? I believe in the kingdom of God. Uh, I don't believe in, uh, the kingdom of heaven so much as the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is something that was talked about a lot within old Testament and then a lot within the Pauline writings. They're still looking for a physical manifestation of the glory of God rather than the esoteric kingdom within and that you're continually reborn to enlighten the earth so that it can slowly step into a 5D earth, that it can ascend, that it can become a perfect place, that the Son of God might dwell on earth with man, and that the light of man might be the light of God. Like it, It's this unified field of vision, um, the singularity, the uh, third eye, the unified vision. Thine eye must be single, the whole body is full of light. Virgo beast says, thank you. Uh, right. Sun equals sun, etc. Yes, absolutely. Virgo beast. 
Um, and that's why I think it's really important too, guys to understand your star sign. And that's not popular, especially amongst church, uh, culture. But if you don't know your sign, you don't know your soul. If you don't know your soul, you don't have a clue where you're going. Uh, and I'm not talking about getting into like daily horoscopes and stuff like that. I'm talking about like, I'm a Pisces. I know that I'm a water sign. I know that I have a dualistic nature within me. I know that I'm very creative. I know that I'm an empath. I know that I'm deeply esoteric. I know that I've seen colors and shapes and patterns ever since I was a kid. I can close my eyes, squeeze my eyes, and just focus my energy here and see all these divine fractal patterns. Um, totally wild that like that that is even possible. Oh, awesome. Aquarius Landon says, uh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so with that, like, you know, it's important to understand uh, what about Aries? I thought I was an Aries. Okay. I thought I was an Aries for literally my whole life until I was in my mid to late twenties. And I was talking with my wife at the time about it. And she goes, yeah, I don't think you're an Aries. And she looked it up and I'm one day from the cutoff. I don't know where this is another thing, guys. Data is important. If you're operating on incorrect or what most of us are operating on is incomplete data incomplete data, then something in your operating system is going to be screwed up. And so I, I thought I was a Taurus for so uh, long. Or no, excuse me. I thought I was an, uh, an Aries for so long. Uh, Scorpio, awesome. Yeah, it's Scorpio season now. You're a Taurus, awesome. Uh, my birthday is March 19th, 1986, and the cutoff is March 20th. So um, I, it, it was mind-blowing to... What's interesting is like that Aries is not far off from the Pisces in characteristics, but the Pisces has more of a dualistic nature. And I always thought like I had two sides of me dueling, um, not just the common like flesh versus spirit, but like even deeper than that, like I had a creative side, but I had a pragmatic side. I had like an engineering side, but also like a, I just want to throw paint on the wall type side. I had a side that needs like structure around me, but also wanted to follow none of it. Like, you know, feeling a little bipolar there right like um but then when i found out i was a pisces and i looked into what a pisces really is i'm like okay i definitely see that i had the aries energy there but i also like the pisces is a perfect place to be when you're combining the divine feminine and the divine masculine because you have that that dualistic nature that's not really separate it's that yin and yang energy and i think it's beautiful may 24th 1983 what's up barefoot with bunnies that's awesome your true inner nature, Mike Sanchez says, yes, absolutely. Aquarius, Ivy Jason here. Uh, get an actual natal chart done and it will blow your mind as well. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. I would love to do that. Uh, March 19th is 100% Pisces. Uh, Whisper says, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Ever heard of Mary Kay Baxter? She claimed uh, to have made several trips to hell and heaven. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I also believe heaven and hell are here now. I believe that like there's a lot of people that live in hell now and they've made it for themselves. I'm not talking about circumstantial things like where they live or the culture or anything. I'm talking about their own mind. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode and ask you, who is the savior spoken to that you might be ignoring because of your tradition, because of your mindset, because of your ideology, that place within self that maybe is truer than you want to believe. And the dogs are sparring now. I was going to read from the Gita. So I'm going to read one quick quote from 
the actual commentary on it because I think it's beautiful. Uh, so this is in, uh, this is going to give you the Hindu culture, basically the whole picture of God, the process of God, the pattern of God. Brahman is the Godhead. Atman is the divine core of personality, your personality and mine. Dharma is the law that expresses and maintains the unity of creation. You might call that the divine fractal. You might call that the Fibonacci sequence. Karma is the web of cause and effect. Again, karmic imprints. It's not just this immediate like give a dollar, get a dollar, or take a dollar, get a dollar taken from you. It's like this operating system of life, this web of life that you're a part of. Samsara is the cycle of birth and death. Uh, that would be the reincarnation type thing, but also the daily cycles that we go through of like, what are we bearing? What are we burying? Um, and then moksha is the spiritual liberation that is life's supreme goal. Okay. And I see that Christ spoke of this just very, very deeply. Um, God imminent and God transcendent. God in all, but also God transcendent of this physical plane is the Atman and the Brahman. Uh, not to thou art that the self in each person is not different from the Godhead. And again, that's from the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita. I have this exact book on cubcooker.com on my website under the spiritual book tab. Uh, got a brand new redesigned website. Should be easier to navigate for you guys. Bigger pictures, bigger words, and nice clean buttons there. So you can find what you're looking for. So cubcooker.com is where all the resources are. I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you for being here tonight, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, Sons of God Ministries, Joshua and myself going live talking about magic in the Bible. Don't miss it because you just might reveal some magic within you. I love you guys. Thank you for the support. Anyone that decides to join the membership today, God bless you. Also check out my t-shirt line with all my artworks on it. You guys will love the new designs. They are super, super cool. I brought them back on the full print shirts at a more affordable price. Love this one. This is what I call the game of consciousness. And it's uh, it's beautiful. The back on this one is amazing. So go check it out on the website. Uh, these are, like I said, a lot more affordable for the holidays. If you guys want to order some for a gift, order a size up, though. They, run, they tend to run a little more fitted than like a baggy T-shirt. So uh, they're more like a workout type jersey a yoga jersey that type of thing that you might wear uh when you're being active bicycling hiking that type of thing so but and they're also super comfy for every day so blessings fancy pants thank you angel appleseed thank you for being here jason thank you barefoot with bunnies thank you for being here everybody it's been a good episode love you guys y'all have a beautiful afternoon i'll see you tonight 6 p.m central standard time Catch the restreams on everything on my website, www.cubacooker.com. Peace, love, and light.